Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. My guest today is Zach Simpson, and we're going to talk about Colvin Avenue development. So, have there been a lot of developments because of this issue? Hey, Cynthia. Uh, good evening. Uh, thanks for having me on your show yet again. Um, there have been developments in both the 60 Colvin Ave uh, project, which is the vacant parcel that is right next to the entrance to Westland Hills Park. And um, there's also the uh, proposed uh, Stewart's on uh, the corner of Colvin and Washington, where there is the Key Bank building, there's a um, and there's two two family um, homes as well that's being proposed mm-hmm. to be demolished. So what's the what what's the situation, Phyllis? So let's talk about Stewart's first. Okay. So Stewart's Stewart's actually met with me and uh, representatives from the neighborhood association and also. Uh, neighbors from the Rosemont Street, which is right directly behind where they're proposing this 4,000 square foot Stewart's with eight gas, you know, eight, um, eight gas, you know, I think it's four pumps, but it's eight service areas. So you could accommodate mm-hmm. like, you know, a, a lot of cars. Um, so um, they met with some of the Rosemont Street neighbors and also the owners of the Sunoco um, right across the street. So um, we were meeting with them to discuss the proposal, and we were under the impression because last time that this was before the planning board, um, there was a lot of opposition. I spoke up heavily opposing the project as well as did the Historic Albany Foundation, mm-hmm. neighbors from Rosemont Street, other neighbors from the neighborhood, um, so we gave a lot of um, input about the project. And understandably, uh, you know, a lot of the neighbors do not want the project at all. Um, they think um, Stewart's is really muscling their way in with this one-size-fits-all model that they have going on. Um, so, but we thought when we met with them yesterday, they were going to propose some alternatives, you know, after hearing neighborhood input. And that was not what happened. So they, we met with them, and they basically showed us the two proposals that we have seen before at the Neighborhood Association and before the planning mm-hmm. board. So clearly, Stewart's wants the project. They basically were like, you know, there's only two types of proposals they can offer us because of the configuration. And I think if that's the case, find another place to put it. Okay. You can't, you know, if you can't listen to the neighborhood input and, and and modify it to, you know, quell out the concerns, then find another spot. That's my that's my take on it right now. Do you think that also, they don't? Do you think that they don't care what the residents think? Well, you know, um, yesterday I thought they would have cared more, certainly. Um, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's just a matter of stewards just wants to come in with their design and get approval. And I don't think that's appropriate. I think this project from the get go has been an inappropriate project for this location. Um, I think that it's, 
you know, to take down the Key Bank building. Do you know the Key Bank building? Yep. It's a it's a really sure. nice building. That's it. It's a it's a beautiful mm-hmm. brick building with a flea roof. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just the thought about tearing that down and then two two families, which is affordable housing for you know people here in the city of Albany, and there's not enough affordable housing that exists. So, mm-hmm. um, so we're not happy. Um, it's going to probably go before the planning board in August. So we're going to speak up very forcefully. Um, against the project. Now, who's on your side? Oh, definitely the owners of the Sunoco. Um, you know, they don't want a big stewards across the street from where they are. Um, it's going to be mm-hmm. very detrimental to their business. Um, the residents of Rosemont Street, you know, their backyards will be right up against the stewards, you know. Um, so that's a big concern. Um, and the way it's going to affect their property values, you know. And then mm-hmm. also there's the residents across the way um, on the Melrose side, and I think it's Claremont, because there's always been a, like a bottleneck there um, because the where Claremont hits Washington, it's a very short distance between, you know, from where Claremont hits Washington and the corner of Washington and Colvin. So there's always a traffic back up there. Mm-hmm. And with the Stewart's proposal, they want full access in and out on Washington. It makes okay. no sense to me. Dangerous. I mean, okay. you're going to have people getting T-boned left and right. Okay. So, um, yes, yeah, okay. so we're going to monitor it. We're going to monitor it. It's going to be back in front of the planning board probably in August. Now, how many stores does Stewart's have in the capital? I I know they go into other states besides New York, right? Uh, for Stewart's shops, I'm not sure about that. I mean, they have a lot of locations. The base that I think Saratoga Springs, if I'm, if I'm not correct there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a number of Stewart's in Albany, and if the residents are against it. Why just why can't they just find either just pack up and go home or find another location? What do you think? <laughs> and that's not their mindset. They um you know, they identify as a place to to go. They, you know, come in. I mean it seems like they're building them bigger and bigger. Um, I mean, when they were the smaller shops, I think that was an appropriate size convenience store. Um, now, you know, they're, they're getting much larger. Um, this one, the funny thing about this one is it has a fake second story, which you can actually see if you're coming down Colvin Avenue going towards Washington, you'll see the fake second story cutout. And that's not really a good representation of the architecture of the city of Albany, particularly in that street. Well, that's interesting. So, um, how 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 long will it be before it's decided? Well, at the last planning board meeting, the um, the Albany uh, planning board declared themselves lead agency for the seeker uh, review process. So mm-hmm. it's going to go through that process. So it, that could take a little bit of time. Um, to go through, so it's going to be, it'll be a few months. 
Now, who represents that district um, on the city council? I'm sorry, what was that? Who represents that district on the city council? Oh, uh, council member Michael Bryan, 12th Ward. Okay, so it's fair to say that he's not in favor of the stewards, right? Oh, you know, um, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say that. Um, you know, you'd have to probably ask Mike. And his, you know, okay. uh, the neighborhood, the neighborhood did uh, submit a letter. Our, our president, Hyde Clark, submitted a letter to um, the planning board, spelling out a lot of our concerns about, you know, the the, the taking down of two family homes, the, the the buffer, you know, the inadequate buffer between Rosemont Street neighbors, because that's, you know. That's who we represent. We, you know, we represent the neighborhood, and to have right. you know their concerns, it's 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 disheartening because you know you put yourself in their shoes and you listen to their concerns as a homeowner, and nobody wants to be next to a gas station, particularly one that's that big. So that's a big concern for us. So this gas station right across the street from where they want to build this stewards. What has their um, reaction to all of this been? Well, you know, it's a, a really lovely family, uh, the Qureshis. They, um, you know, it's a family of four, and they own the Sunoco. They actually bought the abandoned house. The house next door to the Sunoco was abandoned for a long time um, and mm-hmm. was in really rough shape. They bought it. They flipped it. It's a really nice house. And, you know, it just showed that they, you know, are committed to reinvesting in our neighborhood. And they see Stewart's as a direct threat to their to their livelihood. Understandably so. So that's the big concern is that I want to make sure that they're not going to go out of business because of Stewart's. So the uh, small gas station, is that, do they own more than one gas station or just that one? I'm not sure. Um, it's a good question. I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. But they don't have franchises across the state and in other states like... Um, like like stores. No. Right, right. No, okay. not at all. So do you think that's kind of like what Walmart does just to try to crush crush all the competition. Hey, you know we're you know it's a capitalist society, it's a fair market economy, you know, and I think that's just that's just where we're at. They um, they see a market, they come in and they do what they need to do to get in, and it's really unfortunate. They should really listen to the community. They really need to listen to the input because right now I'm not seeing it. So do they want to tear that building down? The building they're gonna tear down they're gonna, they're gonna tear down four four structures, four buildings. And the bank is one of them. Yes. Yes. That's a nice that's a nice you know, bank, I mean, it was beautiful, and it's still nice. They had, uh, you know, a political campaign there last 
last summer, and that's really too bad. Yeah, Sue Rizzo. Uh, Sue Rizzo was in there, and I actually was in there, you know, several times, and I thought it was a very nice building, very functional. Mm-hmm. So Colvin Avenue is quite the hot spot now, right? Yeah, well, so there's the Stewart's, and then the other rather controversial project is the 60 Colvin Avenue project. Um, so this one's been around for a bit. Um, this was the one where the developer um, had a had an application before the planning board, and they went ahead and started clear-cutting the parcel. Do you remember that? On Colvin Avenue? Yeah, they started cutting. They started cutting it down uh, without like a site plan approval. Anyways, let me let me remind you. So, okay, all of a sudden on a Sunday, Councilman O'Brien was up by Westland Hills Park, and all of a sudden he sees these machines cutting down 60 Colvin Avenue, cutting down trees. They didn't have mm-hmm. a site, you know. They didn't. They had an application, you know, but no like approvals. <laughs> so. Um, you know, Mike called everybody, he called you know, the mayor's office, he called the Department of General Services, he called, you know, uh, Corp Council, he called the planning department, you know, saying, you know, what's this guy doing? They ended up doing like a stop work letter to stop him from cutting. And then um, they ended up rescinding that stop work letter. So like Corp Council and the planning department got involved and, they, and he kept cutting. He still kept cutting. So... That really upset the neighborhood and certainly upset, you know, a lot of the people around here. And um, But then the, the project kind of went dormant. We didn't hear anything. And now they, um, they came back around with a new proposal, which is a 63-unit. Um, there's two apartment buildings and uh, 70 parking spots. And there's also commercial space as well. I think I want to so clearly the issue with the, the parking is it doesn't seem like enough parking. And there was always been concerns about, you know, people parking in Westland Hills Park as overflow parking because there's not going to be enough, mm-hmm. enough parking there. Um, there's been, you know, of course, concerns about the level of traffic on Colvin Avenue already. Um, also, there's been concerns about, um, I think the way the design is now, there's a right turn only um, onto Anthony Street, which is actually the street that goes into Westland Hills Park. So there's going to be people mm-hmm. coming out of this office, this apartment complex, onto the street that the park is. Um, but the real big issue is the potential contamination of the subsurface soils at that property. So... I'm sure you've heard of the uh, compreh- the 2030 Comprehensive Plan for the City of Albany. Yeah. Um, in that plan, there are um, a handful of sites that are identified as brown potential brownfield sites. When you so brownfield, you think what it needs remediation before you can develop on it, right? Mm-hmm. So, and also that site at one time was proposed for a middle school in the early 2000s. And it went through an environmental impact statement. It went through subsurface investigations. And they found um, a lot of um, 
things there. They found uh, petroleum products. They found semi-volatile organic compounds. They found asbestos. They found heavy metals, particularly lead. So, um, but the middle school did not get built there. Um, it ended up getting built over where Harry, um, the William and Harry Myers School is, mm-hmm. over on Whitehall. Mm-hmm. So the site did not get remediated. It was going to get remediated as part of the contract to build a new middle school, but before the switch to the other location. So the site has been sitting since then. And if you know anything about chemistry, all of those materials that were referenced are still there, and they need to be remediated. So that's a concern that we have. Okay. So overall, the two the two Colvin Avenue pro, uh, projects will keep you busy for a while, right, Zach? <laughs> well, you know the plasma thing that kept me busy for a while, the plasma issue. But right. that's kind of I've I've moved on from that. That's been signed, sealed, and delivered. And uh, so now I'm I'm definitely keeping an eye on Stewart's. I'm keeping an mm-hmm. eye on 60 Colvin Ave, and I'm also mm-hmm. working really hard with my uh, Uptown Neighborhood Cooperative Program that I created. So what's the uh, situation with the uh, plasma thing? Is that dead in the water? Will it be revived at all, do you know? So the mayor vetoed it twice. Right. Common Council... Common Council overrode her 15 to 0. Therefore, the 1,000-foot separation that Councilman O'Brien proposed became law in the city of Albany. Um, But the Corporation Council for the city um, felt that they should keep the project for the plasma center on the pending like calendar for because she anticipates litigation, so I don't think the issue is fully over. So we'll have to you know we'll have to see what happens with that. But as of right now, um, no uh, CSL Plasma cannot put Plasma Center in Hannaford Plaza at, at the moment. At the moment, so it still might be an ongoing issue. Yes, there has the potential to be, yes. Okay. What about uh, Rap Road? What's going on with Rap Road? Oh, okay. Um, good, good, good question. Actually, uh, Rap Road Historical Association, we met today um, to talk about <clears throat> the uh, alternative traffic mitigation proposals from Pyramid Corporation and the town of Gilderland. Um, there are a handful of them uh, that we are reviewing. Um, some are, you know, some are favored by the city of Albany. Some are mm-hmm. favored by Pyramid and the town of Gilderland. But we're really um, taking a good look at the issue. We want to ensure that any buildup of those parcels, be it the 222-unit apartment complex proposal or even the Costco or even the other potential uh, buildup around the ring road at the crossgates does not mm-hmm. result in, in an intensifying of the traffic problems that currently exist on Rap Road. Because the traffic mm-hmm. 
is horrendous right now, and it's a historic district. Um, and so it's we gonna are get, really. It's going to get worse if the Costco is built, right? Absolutely, absolutely, no brainer. You don't need a traffic study to know that. Um, but we want to make sure that, however they can mitigate the traffic, it's going to work best for the historic district. That's our main concern, our main priority. We need to do traffic calming in the historic district because that historic, you know, it's the importance of Rap Road is, it's amazing. It's, it's such a wonderful story of the Great Migration. So, you know, that's why we really need to look at the proposals see what needs to be changed, and then go from there. You know, you, t- you talk about the, the Great Migration. Uh, I'm learning about this as this whole thing unfolds. Has there ever been a book or a movie or some kind of documentation that could pe- that people could make, be made aware of? Oh, absolutely, you know, yeah. There's... Um, it's uh it's a it's a book by Jennifer Lamack. It's called um okay. it's called Small Town Big City. I think that's the title. Um and it's the okay. history of Rap Road. It's the history of Rap Road. And she actually did her um PhD thesis on the history of the Great Migration and Rap Road and the challenges. The challenges that started with Pyramid Corporation in the eighties huh? and has continued to today. And is she still in the area? She is. I believe she works for the New York State Museum. Oh, wow. Yep, oh, yep. I, and, I uh, should find out her contact information and get her to talk on Focus on Albany. That would be pretty interesting. Now, well, you guys... Not, oh, can I just get something in? If any if yeah. any of your listeners are interested in a copy of Jennifer Lamack's book, it's $25, and you can purchase it from Rap Road Historical Association. So if you want to um, purchase a copy, let me know, and I can, I can get that for you. Okay, great. Now, um, a few, few, about a month or so, uh, statements had to be submitted to Gilderland Town Hall. Has there been any yes. decision made? Have you I don't anything? think. Um, I don't think any decisions been made. I gotta tell you, um, I think it was about four to one as far as people in favor of the Costco versus people opposing the Costco. It was heavy, heavy. People want the Costco. I was really surprised. Really, I was really surprised by that. Yeah. Really surprised by that. Well, you know, there was um, – so there's the one group, which is the Gilderland, um, I think, Coalition for Responsible Growth, and they have been opposing mm-hmm. the project with the Save the Pine Bush. But there's also yeah. been another group, which is Smart Growth for Gilderland, which has done an active campaign, you know, on Facebook and other social media – Advocating for the Costco to come to Gilderland, so and yeah, it was it was a, it was a big landslide, you know, 
Everybody wants the Costco. So in a few minutes, somebody is listening uh, via the our um, talking. So uh, why don't you introduce yourself and state why you're calling in? Hello. Uh, well, this is yeah, this is Mike O'Brien. I just I just called in. Oh, hi, Mike. Oh, hi, Mike. Okay. Hi. So I, uh, I'm familiar with the Rap Road and some of the other ones, which I think Zach is going to talk about. Mhm. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I talked about a little bit about both, Mike. Do you want to You want to hit on any points? Well, uh, the other one I assume was the 60 Carbon Avenue one. Which, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a very interesting one, and. Uh, the um, the issue, which I think is really significant, is that we know that there were um, environmental studies done on this property uh, because when the uh, when the uh, master plan, the 2030 plan, was written by competent people, they chose seven sites within the city of Albany to name as potential brownfield cleanup sites, and 60 Carbon Avenue and the uh, area immediately behind it which they identify as 60B, um, were designated as potential brownfield cleanup areas. So, but what is not on the um, website or in the developer's report, the developer didn't even mention that it was uh, designated as a potential brownfield cleanup uh, site and submitted a uh, chemical analysis soil study that, basically presented everything as acceptable for development. Now, I doubt that the board has looked at any of the plans that are that have been submitted over the past 20 years, or, or for that matter, the site was a junkyard for even 30 years before that, probably going back to my lifetime, <laughs> to, our, to our lifetimes. Um, but there were a number of you know, uh, studies that the uh, 2030 plan identified, we don't have copies of them, and they're not on the website. Um, uh, And the planning department should have them. I doubt that they've actually looked at them because the planning board, the one, the the first night that they considered it, didn't seem to be aware of them. But apparently they, um, talking to some people that have seen them, uh, they identify uh, soil contaminants, um, or they're talking about uh, lead concentrations as high as 19,000 parts per million are present in the subsurface soils, uh, petroleum uh, contaminants, and asbestos. Um, and those don't seem to be within acceptable levels, and they seem to differ from what Dan, Dan, Dan Hersford was the guy at the planning board meeting, and he was saying, oh, no, these are all acceptable levels, and they never, never were anything above this. Well, some of these old documents, which I don't have, but people are telling me and reciting some of these numbers from them, and we've asked for them, uh, would seem to contradict that. And, and in any event, my position, and I think the, hopefully the whole council's position will be, that if the planning board thinks that the master plan mischaracterized the site as a potential brownfield, they should not have the authority to nullify that. 
in order to get, if it really is an error, which in this case I don't think it is, but if it really is an error, there should be a process akin to how the 2030 plan was created, namely an expert dispassionate uh, study by somebody other than an applicant, somebody other than somebody paid by an applicant. Well, maybe have the applicant pay for it, but not have the applicant choose who's doing the study and have mm-hmm. some honest to goodness facts reconciling these old numbers with the numbers the developer has. And then if justified, amend the 2030 plan. But that's a big if justified. And what I'm afraid of is that it seems, and, and, and in fact, the planning director made a statement, which if I can find the exact quotes, he said something to the effect that sometimes things aren't developed because of the perception that they have environmental concern, and it's only a perception alone. Well, I don't think that's the case here. I mean, that's what he's trying to to imply, I think. And, and in fact, the 2030 plan clearly says it was not developed over the past several years due to concerns over environmental contamination. Now, Dan disagreed and said... Gentlemen, gentlemen, our our time is up, so continue this discussion later later on. So you've been listening to Councilman Mike O'Brien, Zach Simpson, and me, Cynthia Pooler. This is Focused on Albany, and if you like this show, like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Thank you, gentlemen, for uh, taking the time to be on Focus on Albany. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Cynthia. We'll talk soon.